The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, myself, Bully Ray, and Tommy Dreamer talk about AEW Dynamite from last night. We talk about the big return of Jeff Hardy. Also, MJF, Sting, and Darby Allen. And then before her big match at Rebellion on Sunday, Deanna Perrazzo joins us right now on the Busted Open Podcast. Guys, Jeff did look great. I mean, he did look healthy. He looked in great physical condition. Bully, I was thinking of you when Jeff came out last night as well. That's what happens when you see people in great physical condition. You think of me. And there it is. So, Bully, I was thinking of you last night when uh, Jeff Cardi came down the entrance ramp with that chair. If you remember, the last time we got the return of Jeff Hardy, you came on the air and said, you know, he's, he's coming out here to help his brother. Why is he on the entrance ramp doing his dance and, you know, playing up to the crowd while his brother's getting beat down in the middle of the ring? And last night... Completely different story. Yes, we hear the music. You get the pop from the crowd. But as his brother is getting beat down again by three different guys, he's running down with the chair in hand, running full speed down the entrance ramp. Completely different Jeff Hardy return than we got the last time. Yes, uh, a much better run-in to make the save. And I think we've said it all in the first segment. Jeff looked great. He performed great. He did what he needed to do. They got the people, Matt and Jeff, hugging we get the uh, the hardy boys reuniting it's a feel-good moment hopefully jeff stays clean and sober and the hardys move forward together and do some great business within the tag division for aew another great thing about what jeff did if you noticed and this is being on television whatever waits hugs his brother yay turns helps hook helps pick up hook or if hook was getting up that is endorsing somebody who's young, that the fans like, that has this following, and Hook's career will be elevated just by hanging out with the Hardys, even for a little bit. It's really, really does help someone like a Hook. 
And as soon as and as soon as Devon gets better, me and Devon will jump the rails on the Hardys, lay them out, lay everybody else out in the tag team division, and you know, do what we do best. Okay. There it is. All right. Good luck with that. Um right. <laughs> but one thing I I don't want to be lost, and then I want to get into what we might see or what we saw last night and where that might lead. But I want to talk about the crowd reaction because you know, we always come on on a, on, a, on a Thursday morning and talk about how hot that crowd was. At least on TV, to me, it didn't really seem like a, a real hot AEW crowd. At least it didn't come across to me when I was watching on TV. Maybe you guys have a different opinion and the nation might have a different opinion. But that was not the case when Jeff came out. I just went back and watched it. Every single person in that arena was on their feet jumping up and down like... I really wanted I really wanted to come across about how big of a star Jeff Hardy is and how that fan base loves that Jeff is back. So I just wanted to make I just wanted to make that clear cuz I mean at least for me it didn't seem like that crowd was that hot. You wouldn't have known it that moment Jeff Hardy came out last night. Dave, there's there's talents that get over how hard work being different. That's what Jeff did. You know, in a tag team, uh, his pretty much his early career, always just like taking these insane bumps, uh, being Jeff Hardy. And, you know, think about how when it was like, uh, do you realize that like he's outselling everybody on merchandise? Like there's this groundswell support of fans that just take to somebody. You don't. It's why? Because Jeff is just different, dude. He really is. I'll never, ever forget. <clears throat> like 6 a.m. in an airport. And this is when the WCW guys were were there and, and the ECW guys and the WWE guys, and everyone's on this early morning charter. And when I tell you this is what we we're allowed to wear, sweatpants, tank tops, the WCW guys coming in, they were all like monsters. They look, you know, it looked like a pro bodybuilding show. And everyone's just kind of like in the airport and everyone's just sitting there and I'm watching people because I always just sit away from everybody like uh and then I watch Jeff walking in and everyone just turns and you have all these guys who look like these great monsters but then here's Jeff and everyone's just looking at Jeff the way he dressed the way he did he was just rock star different and people gravitate towards that just like they're going to gravitate towards Darby or they already kind of are um Darby is different his promo was friggin phenomenal um, which we'll get into. You talk about that crowd. Uh, I, I said the same thing, and uh, I watched the show this morning, and I was like, I really want to hear from the nation of somebody who was there to hear about that crowd, because I was like, man, for an AEW crowd, they don't seem as lively as they are, but then when Jeff hit, oof, they came alive. Here's the reason why the crowd sounded different on TV last night, <clears throat> and I'll give you first-hand account well not first-hand from somebody who gave me a first-hand account there weren't a lot of people there last night it was a very small house not a lot of people in the arena last night but but it, but I, I find that interesting bully because and again I wasn't in the arena but it seemed like they were in a, a much smaller arena than they're usually in so usually like it, at least it looked that way on TV. If somebody was there, please call in and let us know. Because usually in those smaller venues, even if there is a bit of a smaller crowd, it sounds louder because it's not as open. At least on TV, that's it, it felt like it was like a low ceiling, that it was a much smaller building. 
But even even more so than that, Bully, and to go back to what Tommy just said, it seemed like for most of the night they were kind of sitting on their hands a little bit. I didn't see a – usually with an AEW crowd, even if it's a smaller crowd, they're up on their feet, they're jumping up and down. It it didn't seem like they were that lively. So I don't even know if it was so much about the numbers. I think it was, it was more about the fact that it just didn't seem – that excited with the exception of when Jeff came out last night. I thought that they came alive when the wrestlers went above and beyond the call of duty to make them alive. I E you know, tornado DDTs to the floor, uh, um, poison Ronas to the floor, which gets you the, you know, the, Oh, Holy shit. And then they go back down to, you know, where they were again. Milwaukee almost felt very split last night in the amount of people that were there. It felt very much like half were AEW diehards, half were WWE fans. Maybe. But, I mean, the one thing that we can agree on is that everybody loved to see Jeff Hardy back. Unlocking the cage with Jimmy Smith. I did the hard yards and I earned my rematch you know now he's going to do the hard yards if he wants to do that a lot has been made of israel adesanya air quotes ducking alex Pereira. he's winning the psychological game he's setting standards for his opponents to have to fight him i don't believe he's ducking anybody this is gamesmanship psychological warfare it's what a champion actually does weekdays from 2 to 5 p.m eastern on sirius xm fight nation channel 156 NetCredit is here to say yes to a personal loan or line of credit when other lenders say no. Apply in minutes and get a decision as soon as the same day. Loans offered by NetCredit or lending partner banks and serviced by NetCredit. Application subject to review and approval. Learn more at netcredit.com slash partner. NetCredit. Credit to the people. Ready for a new and exciting career challenge? At DHL Supply Chain, you're part of a team committed to creating innovative solutions for some of the biggest brands in the world. We're recognized as a best place to work, where people are valued, supported, and respected. DHL Supply Chain is hiring for a wide range of salaried operational and functional roles. Previous experience in logistics is welcome, but not required. All opportunities, no boundaries. DHL Supply Chain. Apply today at joindhl.com. The best part of spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for $15 a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash busted open. That's mintmobile.com slash busted open. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash busted open. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factors, no prep, no mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors Fresh Never Frozen Meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. 
With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Head to Factormeals.com slash Busted50 and use code Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Busted50 at Factormeals.com slash Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. You're here from MJF and MJF is who MJF is. He doesn't give a shit. He doesn't care. You know, he doesn't care how he's perceived by the fans. He's willing to sell his soul, and maybe he did to win that AEW World Heavyweight Championship. He's not He's not worried about the afterlife. He's not worried about going to hell because his life and his world is right now in that championship. I loved hearing from Darby Allen, and we never heard a lot from Darby Allen on the microphone during his whole rise of popularity. We're hearing it now. He's making a connection with the audience and it's getting personal and the fans are emotionally invested in Darby Allen because now they connect with him on a personal level because he's 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 giving that to the audience right now and then you get Sting the legend and what did Sting do he put it all on Darby he wasn't talking about himself he was talking about who he believes is going to be the future AEW world champion, and that's Darby Allen. He also made a promise that Darby Allen is going to be your new AEW <laughs> world champion. There was a lot from that segment, but that's what, to me, guys, and I want to get, obviously, your opinions on, that's what a segment like that's supposed to do. And I felt like they accomplished that last night on Dynamite. Tommy, what did you think? I loved it. I loved every bit about it for many, many reasons. You said um, Darby is connecting with the fans. Darby is connected with the fans. He's already there. And I look at this person because, yes, he's different. Yes, he's smaller. He's the underdog. Every time he takes the microphone, I listen to him. You know why? Because he's real. And for everything that makes him different, all that stuff... Man, when he said, I bought my parents a house, I helped my father retire, I was like, whoa, that's a good human being. And then I'm like, when he talked about therapy and the people are cheering, he lets you into his world. And yes, it is different because I don't know what it's like to jump over uh, a car on a skateboard or I don't know like what it's like to be hanging out with Tony Hawk. This kid is living his dream, but he's you know also what it's like to back. jump. That is true. Um, and there it is. Uh, he connected. MJF will always be MJ, MJF. Great. And here's the best part about MJF. He just wants to be the, the heel. Even last week in Long Island, we talked about how great it was. But he goes for those daggers. In comes Sting. Amazing surprise. Love the Tony Schiavone. Uh, it's Sting. He should record that because uh, he could be like the Derek Jeter. When Derek Jeter uh, did the announcement, uh, whenever he would come up, Derek Jeter, uh, long after he passed away, <clears throat> um, Sting did everything in his power verbally to say, to explain him. And here's what I loved about AEW, and they, they need to keep doing this because it's so brilliant and it's so great. You know, when Cody cut his promo on Monday, 
when he said I was talking to my friend Matt, I would have followed up with that. And then I was talking to my friend Nick. You know why? Insider. Ooh, wait, he's saying things you're not allowed to say. But in AEW, when you said and mentioned the Cody thing, you're acknowledging your history. Just because someone doesn't work there doesn't mean they don't have to exist anymore. And it's that. And when people were, were talking about people not reacting, I listened to it. They reacted. That crowd was alive for that mic work back and forth. They reacted on Sting. They reacted on MJF and they reacted on Darby. Yes, the wrestling may have taken it down, but not so much because they're listening and they're reacting. That's key when you have that microphone. And everything that Sting did in his power with his voice to endorse this kid. And I seriously sat back and I was like, God, God, this is brilliant. This is great. And I love Sting, man. I'm, I'm, when I got into wrestling, I was like, I wanted to be a mixture between Sting and the great Muda. I, they had me for every bit of charisma that he had. Thanking Ric Flair. All that stuff was like, hmm, where are they going to go with this? And, you know, today is, what'd you say, Bully, the 27th, 26th anniversary of Barely Legal? Today is the 26th anniversary of Barely Legal, yes. I look at uh, my biggest goal if I'm Tony Khan. I know I have all these shows, but I look at Wembley because if I could sell that son of a bitch out, man, I'm going to do something. If I want to cheat a little bit, I'm going to do a War Games or Blood and Guts, so I have two rings. But I said... Man, Sting and, I'm sorry, Darby and MJF is going to be a great match. But what if Darby, I don't know how they're going to get there, which is cool because I don't want to know how to get there. What if Darby wins and Darby gets to face the winner at Wembley and Darby gives up his spot at the world title, the biggest show of them all for his mentor Sting? And yes, there's going to be, you know, there's got to be some heat. There's got to be some stuff on Sting. And Sting goes, it's his career versus MJF's, you know, in Wembley. Sting could lose. It's an amazing way to go out. If Sting wins with Darby's help, it also helps Darby. I know I did it because we're talking about Barely Legal. I gave up my first spot for Terry Funk so he could have one last shot at the world title. If you don't think I seriously wanted probably the few acts of being selfish that I wanted in ECW. And I was like, Paul, how can I not be on the first show? He's like, it's a bigger story. So it's things to think about. I always talk about having options. There is money in MJF and Sting. There is money in MJF in and Darby Allen. This four pillars thing. I think you should have a four pillars match or a pillars match. Make it it's kind of their version of a fatal four-way. Um there's so many different ways you could go about it, which is cool. It gives you options. But that promo was great. And Terry Terry Funk did it to me in a promo. Him and I just sitting next to each other. Myself, Paul Heyman, and the cameraman were in tears. And he was just talking. There was nobody around. It was in a studio. And that little endorsement helped me. Terry putting his arm on my shoulder helped me. He literally, everything about his career, and then he pointed Showtime is about him. And I was like, whoa, man, I wish I was Darby Allen. It, it was beautiful. I loved it. I loved every second about that entire segment. And Tommy, great way to break it down. But Bully, before we get to you, 
MJF did something that you've been kind of longing for in that segment, and that is that, yes, he was the heel. Yes, he was the dick. But, like, but he didn't use, he didn't go blue, and he didn't use some of those quirky jabs that get the fans to pop. Like, he didn't really do that last night. It felt like he was just, it almost felt like this guy's being real. I don't agree with it. I, I don't connect with it. He's a bad guy. But it felt like MJF was really being in the in being real in the ring last night. And I have to say that about all three of the people that were in the ring last night during that segment. What say you? A couple of weeks ago, Brian Danielson cut a promo and talked about if you really want to hurt MJF, you got to hit him where it hurts the most. And where was that, Dave? It's to to me, it's that title. Taking away his championship, right? Yep. Darby knows this. Darby knows that the one thing that means more to MJF than anything else is that world championship. MJF is giving us a modern day version of what the NWA World Heavyweight Championship meant to Ric Flair. Flair without that championship was, he was almost lost. MJF has to beat Darby Allen to the punch. What's the one thing that means more to Darby Allen than anything? It's either that championship or Sting. It's Sting. It's his buddy. It's his mentor. It's his Terry Funk. MJF needs to take out Sting. And that's when Darby comes back to eventually defeat MJF wrestling much like the mafia we don't take you out we take the people that you care about out Dave uh if you think about Superman his physical weakness kryptonite but really what was his weakness humanity Lewis Lane and humanity, yeah he had he cared for people baby faces do the right thing baby faces care for people Bully talked about it. You know, uh, there was a famous uh, flaming chair incident in ECW. I took a flaming chair to my back, so Terry Funk didn't. And I got hit with a flaming chair. Burnt me, blah, 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 blah. But I took the hit, so my mentor didn't. Oh, he's an older man, blah, 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 blah. Meanwhile, Terry Funk's insane. But what I'm saying is you sacrifice yourself for others. I will slide into a ring when my friends are getting beat up to even out the odds, <clears throat> or I'm going to do something even if uh, I know I'm going to get my ass kicked. What do they say? Like heroes, heroes run towards a fire, not away from it. So that's what you have with a sting and a Darby and should be with all your baby faces. It's what, so real, beautiful and so simple. Real quick before we hit that break, because I know we got Deanna coming up. I say stay away from religion, but Sting is a born-again Christian, and MJF has declared himself the devil. There's something there. RJ Clifford on MMA Today. Dustin Poirier is in the position that matchmakers and promoters hate. He doesn't have to fight, and he has a ton of leverage. He's got timing demands, he's got money demands, and he has every right to make those demands, and it gets complicated. Gaethje Poirier 2, it just makes too much sense, so I think it will happen, but... 
they both have enough leverage to make this drag out a little bit longer. MMA Today, Tuesdays through Thursdays from 12 to 2 p.m. Eastern, only on Sirius XM, Fight Nation, Channel 156. Diana Perrazzo, welcome back to Busted Open. Good morning. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? Your household's got uh, some championship gold uh, in the future. A lot of a uh, lot of stuff going on in your household. Is it very tense right now? Are you guys training? What's going on? Um, it's tense, but I think we're both really excited, and we're both talking about how cool of a moment it would be to um, have both of us as champions after Rebellion, and how exciting that possibility is for us. Uh, Mickey James just posted she's actually headed to the doctor today. I think uh, she may have re-injured herself because Dave made her hold on to her list uh, for music uh, yesterday all throughout the show. It's kind of a messed up thing. Oh, Deanna, but, you um... been, Deanna, you had been proud of me. Um, she had her list of top five entrance themes of all time. We teased it for two hours and 57 minutes, and then I let her do it, but it was she ran out of time. There was nothing else I could do, so yes. <laughs> She held and on Dave, to that we know, is impartial hours. to his Jersey girl, Deanna Perrazzo. She's my virtuosa as well. So uh, going into this, you versus Jordan Grace, uh, singles, or if Mickey can't make it, we'll find out if she gets cleared. I believe it's tonight. Um, and if not, it's uh, you versus Mickey versus uh, Jordan, which is a hell of a, a match as well. But again, coming in that you've been the champion before, uh, what's going on? Um, you know, I think it's hard to prepare for this type of match. I don't know what the match is going to be. If it's a singles match, if it's a triple threat. I've said it multiple times over the last few weeks since I earned my my opportunity to be in this match back at Multiverse United. It's I've defeated Jordan Grace both times I've been in singles competition with her. But that was over almost three years ago. I've been in the ring with Mickey James in singles competition three times and I've never defeated her. So it's it's kind of a mind game for me right now of like who am I going to wrestle and am I are the odds in my favor with Jordan Grace? Yes. Are the odds against me against Mickey James? Yes. So I don't I don't know how to prepare for this. Yeah, on a hypothetical situation, and I don't know if you and Macklin have discussed this or if you plan on discussing it. Let's say that Mickey cannot compete and defend her championship. And mm-hmm. you defeat Jordan Grace and become the Impact Women's Champion. Obviously, Josh Alexander had to relinquish his title due to injury. Let's say Macklin defeats Kushida to become the Impact Men's World Champion. You're sitting there having dinner, both of you with your championships by your side, knowing that neither one of you defeated the heavyweight, the women or man's heavyweight championship. How does that make you feel? Um. Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> I, I think anytime you're a champion, you have that target on your back, right? So I think we both, if that is the outcome of Rebellion, we both know we have our toughest competition whenever it's Josh Alexander or Mickey James gets cleared to compete. I was a champion for nearly a year. You know, I know that I had like, my peripherals were off and it was just like tunnel vision to keep my championship. And I would imagine knowing Josh Alexander the way I do, knowing Mickey as a competitor and as a human being the way I do, they both are going to be tunnel vision to get their championship back. 
Um, so I think if Steve and I are, are the victors at the end of Rebellion, we have the biggest target on our back for those two people within our company. I've seen uh, the fans change. Uh, they've been cheering you a lot lately. Yeah. You've joined the side of good. Bully will probably... <laughs> Bully will probably start disliking you uh, real soon. Um, is dumb. <laughs> but uh, do you feel it's, I mean, I don't think your in-ring or your attitude has changed. Do you think the fans just appreciate and respect how hard you work and go out there? Because you really haven't changed much, but the people are just really cheering for you now. Yeah, all it took was one good decision on my part. See? <laughs> um, I think, yeah, I think that um, I've told my story and I think a lot of people can relate to some of the the trials that I went through early on in my career. And they've kind of been on this journey with me, the fans have, especially at Impact Wrestling, to see where I came in almost three years ago. I, I felt like a nobody. And I said it last week on Impact, I had nothing, you know? And I went on this whole journey and everyone's been on this journey with me to become the virtuosa, to believe in myself and who the virtuosa is so i think that um they can respect it and relate to it a little bit and um you know i just had to make one good decision to show them like i'm not completely on the dark side i wouldn't say i'm completely on the good side either but i can toe that line a little bit and uh, i think that they respect that yana what's been the most humbling experience that you've been through in your career um i think it was i think it was getting released from wwe and just kind of having to go back to the drawing board and figure out, like, you know, we talked about it. Like, do I even want to be a wrestler? Do I have a passion for this anymore? And kind of just like having to pick yourself up by the bootstraps and be like, find my passion again and then find the ability to find my confidence. I had zero confidence when I came into Impact. And, you know, Tommy and I talked about it. Scott Demore and I talked about it. Like, I was this lost puppy that didn't know who she was or what she could do. And I needed someone to believe in me so I could maybe believe in myself. And I think that that reality is the most humbling of like, I'm not all I thought I was. I went into NXT with like all this indie hype and I had just, you know, been able to travel the world. And I worked with WWE in so many different ways up until that point that maybe I went in with a little bit of a big head, like, hey, I deserve to be here. I proved I deserve to be here. And it was like, bitch, you don't deserve anything. <laughs> and, I, you know, so it was, it, that was the really humbling experience of like, okay, what do I do to prove myself again and find if I love this? Diana, that was an excellent answer. I'm just happy I've been <laughs> along with you for that ride as well, because it seems like forever. And you're just saying it was only three years ago. But like, I look at your life now, like on top of your game, you know, married, happy in your relationship. It's just it's the beauty of life and how it turns around. And again, a little bit of confidence, a little bit of coaching, a little bit of uh, a fat guy with a goatee yelling at you for doing little things. And, but it's because people saw greatness in you and you've answered that greatness. And I look Thank forward you. to whatever outcome it is uh, on Sunday, because we see three or two women in their prime fighting for the ultimate prize in their company. It's, it's a beautiful thing to witness. Yeah. And like, the possibility uh, that this has for our knockouts division and women's wrestling as a whole, you know, between Mickey James, Jordan Grace and myself, we're the only three women in impact wrestling history to be, uh, to participate in a knockouts world championship main event on a pay-per-view. So, you know, not saying we're the main event or anything, but the possibility that 
us three individuals can continue to push the envelope and be considered to be in that position. Um, just the three of us, there's no one else in history who've done what we've done is, is puts an extra layer to what we're going to do on Sunday. Deanna, um, whether it's a singles match between you and Jordan or a three-way with you, Jordan and Mickey, if Mickey gets cleared tonight, she's just coming off of an injury and injuries have memory and you can pop that injury first time back in the ring. Jordan is just coming off of a major bodybuilding competition that she placed, you know, that she won first place in, but the body goes through a grueling grueling change when you're uh, training to compete. And then especially when you come off of that competition, do you see yourself as the definitive favorite going into this match, whether it's a singles or a three-way? Yeah, I definitely didn't think about it like that, but absolutely. I'm 100% healthy. I have just been in my routine that I've been in, you know, training a little bit harder, eating a little bit better because this is a world championship opportunity, but I'm 100% healthy in the right mindset. And yeah, my opponents have been through some stuff lately, whether it's, you know, Jordan competing and changing her body completely um, or Mickey being hurt. They have targets that I can exploit. I'm the virtuoso. That's what I do. I'm going to whatever Mickey's injury is, I'm going to find it and I'm going to, beat that particular part of her up so she can't compete if she's in this match. And same with Jordan. I know that she's, um, you know, she was depleted. She was getting ready for a competition and now she's been eating normally again and she's not doing as much cardio and weightlifting. So her body isn't, it's fluctuating, right? I can take advantage of that 100%. Deanna and, and Tommy and Bully have talked about how happy you are, how healthy you are you know, being married, how much has that changed you? Like how much has that changed your mindset and how much has it changed you when you look at the world of pro wrestling? Oh man. Uh, in terms of mine and Steve's relationship, I don't think much has changed just by being like married husband and wife. I think, um, we have been together almost four years now. So like, we're just kind of in our ways, you know, nothing's changed because it's just a label. Right. Um, but I think in terms of like how I see the world, everything's changed and like, now it's preparing for my future and like now i'm in my prime i want to do everything in wrestling that i can to prepare for like one day i'm not going to be able to wrestle one day i'd like to become a mom and that's going to take me away from wrestling so it's more like i'm relishing in these opportunities and these moments just a little bit more because i i have that in my mind of like okay one day i want to have a baby and I can't wrestle for nine months and I don't know if I'll come back after that or what all those possibilities for me are. Um, so it just makes all of this a little bit sweeter. Uh, I recently saw, I was walking past, uh, you were doing like a sit down and you were talking about, um, like same kind of thing, life, um, where you're going through school, you've posted stuff on social media. You got very, uh, emotional in this sit down with like, the opportunity that impact allowed you to do also with your schedule. Like, but what does that mean? Like going back to school and all that stuff? Yeah, I am. And as we all have sacrificed things to make pro wrestling happen. And I started wrestling when I was 18, fresh out of high school. And I tried to juggle. I was a preschool teacher. I was trying to go to school full time. I was trying to wrestle full time and just something had to give. And for me, that was school. Because it was like, again, my body is only going to be able to wrestle for so long, but I'll always be able to go back to college. So let me put that on the back burner. And that was one of those things that when I got released from NXT, it was like, 
what should be my logical next steps if I don't know that I want to wrestle anymore. I should go back to school and have a backup plan and have the ability to find a real job. Um, so it's been, yeah, almost three years that I've been in school and just the flexibility that impact gives us, you know, we are working two weekends a month, but luckily I can have my laptop and they're not crazy busy days. Um, you know, while we're filming free tapes or something, I'm in a corner and I'm doing homework and the girls have been really supportive, but I get really emotional about it because professional wrestling was always my dream. That was my number one, but I always wanted to earn a college degree and, and have that. It's just a bucket list thing for me to do, go to school and, and get a degree. And it's been a 10 year journey to do it, but um, I graduate in July and I'm trying not to cry now. So it's just like one of those real life things that uh, I had to sacrifice before and now I don't have to anymore. That's awesome. And you don't good need you. to, uh, it's something to be proud and yeah, good for you. And you Thank can you. wrestle forever. Look at me. <laughs> I want you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. None of us do, Diana. <laughs> I mean, look at I mean, look at him. Yes, oh, I know the joke. I no, saw the Tommy looks good. Tommy looks good. Uh, yeah, Diana. Yeah, yeah. No, I got another question. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah. Diana, take <laughs> me behind the curtain at home with you and Macklin a little bit. How do you handle your personal relationship in marriage when you disagree with each other professionally? I feel like there's not a lot of times we disagree professionally. Um, I think that we both have had similar training, you know, me with Damian Adams, with Team Adams, and then him with Danny Cage at the Monster Factory. We have very similar foundations. Um, and I think that when we do disagree, it's very rare, but we have a great, like, real-life relationship where we, we don't really argue. Um, and we've really found that that our communication works for us and how to communicate to each other. Um, so it never becomes like a screaming match. It's just kind of like, and I feel like I do this to him more than he does it to me. Like, I didn't like that. Or I think you could have, you know, he did that tag match um, at Sacrifice, that six way. And, you know, he tapped out to Kushida, but throughout the match, he didn't really do much. And I was kind of like, okay, but you're, you're in contention to be the world champion. Like, I just, I just, I don't think you picked the right moments to show yourself. Like, I don't think you looked like you could be the next world champion, you know? And it's, but we communicate with each other. And I'm like, this is why I think this way. And we bounce off of each other. So it's never an argument, but it's, it's interesting to hear someone else's point of view, because obviously we want the best for each other. And there's no, um, there's no like politics to complaining to each other, or we don't get anything from it. We're not benefiting from saying like, I don't like that you did that, or maybe you could have done this, or it's just pure honesty. And, and luckily we have that in our relationship at home. So it works at work too. And I got to say, uh, every time I've met Steve, he's like a good dude. Like, he definitely yeah. picked a winner. Like, he's a good he's a good dude and a gentleman. And yeah. I look at this show, and again, Rebellion is Sunday night, available on Impact Plus and Fight TV. So I hope everybody watches it, because we'll definitely be talking about it Monday morning here on Busted Open. I mean, this has got to be history, guys. I mean, I can't remember a husband and wife being in the two main events of a pay-per-view like we're going to see on Sunday and in, in both in championship matches. Like this has got to be history and think about the history of pro. I, I can't think of another husband and wife being in the two main event matches of a pay-per-view. Like we're going to see on Sunday. Am I right? I wish you would have told me that I would have used that as a selling point, but Hey, this, uh, the show <laughs> sold out anyway, but yeah, that's pretty good. How did I not think of that? Do you guys have a little bet at home? We don't, but I did say that, like, 
if if you're the main event and you win, like I'm coming out there and I want you to carry me around like Miss Elizabeth and I want us to wave to everybody. That's what we're going to do <laughs> if we both win. <laughs> That's fun. Okay. But there, you know what, though? But Bully brings up a really good point. There should be some kind of wager between you two. Like, like I don't know, because I'm just thinking about it in my own world with Violetta. Like, there's got to be like, you know, vacuuming for a month, the dishes for a month. Like, there's got to, you guys got to come up with some something going into this he, on Sunday. We call Steve Mr. Mom because he does all of that anyway. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, isn't the freaking guy a Marine? Yes, he's so... And it's been better since we've been together. But like when we first started dating, it was like Sundays are for bleaching everything. Like we bleached the floor, we bleached the bathtub, we bleached the. And I was like, um, I'm gonna go to I'm gonna go downstairs to my apartment. You have fun with that. He is so OCD about so many things, um, and he just it's very particular about the way he puts things, about the way he folds his laundry, about the way the dishwasher is loaded. That Steve is just we call him Mister Mom, and he does his thing, and I. I like to vacuum, but that's about it. <laughs> interesting, interesting. Can you come to my house? Because I really need. <laughs> I was gonna say. Uh, I hope. Yeah. I hope Violetta's uh, not listening to this right now because if <laughs> she hears this, I'm in bad. I'm in bad shape. Steve is. You know, look at he might be winning the championship on Sunday. He's a good looking guy. He's a gentleman, and he cleans and does all the housework. Oh my god! <laughs> you found the perfect man. I did. I really oh, did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's a heel. Let him be a heel. <laughs> yeah, I now I I now hate Steve Macklin after this interview. <laughs> Gonna Deanna. have to have some personal conversations with him. <laughs> Diana, congrats on everything. Seriously, on not only what you've been able to do in your wrestling career, but with everything. And again, good luck with school. Congratulations. Good for you. And uh, appreciate you always taking the time to be a friend of the show. Absolutely. Thank you guys for having me. Good right. luck. Love it's going to be a hell of a show. Thanks for the house, kid. Oh, I do. Hey, okay. Deanna, are you team bully or team Tommy? Oh. Ooh. Um, I haven't decided yet. Safe answer. <laughs> Very you safe know, answer. I was going to say, you're probably the only, uh, he doesn't like Jordan. He doesn't like Mickey. So you're the only person he really likes in that match. I, I like Deanna. You've yeah. had a, he's had an issue with literally everybody in the company so far, minus you. So that's good. Which I think that is a win for me, but also I'm Tommy's virtuosa, so I'm in a really, really hard yeah. spot. Yeah, you're Tommy's virtuosa because you're on the show right now. If it was a different <laughs> girl, she'd be Tommy's virtuosa. Bullshit. Uh, Dave, that's Dave's spot, okay? Whoa! <laughs> what do you mean? Call the hotline? <laughs> wow. That is, uh. not, that is not true, by the way. <laughs> anyway, uh, Deanna, thank you so much for the time, as always, and good luck on Sunday. Thank you guys so much. Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast. Catch the full three hours of Busted Open Monday through Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation, channel 156. Go to SiriusXM.com backslash Busted Open Trial to start your free trial today. I live by routines, but I especially love my same-day delivery routine with Shipped. And my shopper knows this about me. When Sunday rolls around and I place my weekly stock-up order, Joe sends texts from the aisles. Wilted lettuce? Nah, uh hard pass. Deal on my favorite sparkling water? Whew, grab two. 
Fresh flowers just because? Hmm, sounds like a delightful idea. If you love routines that work for you, get shipped same day delivery. Shipped, delight in every delivery. Learn more at ship.com slash hi. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. <laughs> 